Participate, engage, speak out, use your voice to be an effective advocate. The Voices in Advocacy podcast examines the diverse landscape of advocacy, exploring the ins and outs of building influence, driving change, and creating champion advocates. It's now time for the Voices in Advocacy podcast with your host, Roger Rickard. Hello and welcome to the Voices in Advocacy podcast. I'm Roger Rickard and this is the podcast dedicated to the art of becoming a more influential advocate. And if you're already an advocate, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is for the people that work and engage in advocacy efforts for their organizations, be they associations, trade organizations, and nonprofit cause groups. If you're one of these people, then this podcast is for you. And finally, if you're looking to assist an organization by becoming an advocate for them, then this podcast is for you. You see, my goal here is to help you by educating, engaging, and activating you to become a champion for the causes you care about with enthusiasm while providing you with powerful lifelong habits enabling you to become a superior advocate. In today's episode, I will be interviewing the CEO of the International Association of Exhibitions and Events, Mr. David Dubois. But first, it is time to introduce you to one of our fine sponsors of today's episode, Trekker Leather Company. Whether you're looking for leather journals, sketchbooks, or accessories, you will find high-quality premium leather styled by artesian craftsmen. I love the look and feel of my leather journal, and I know you will too. Go to trekkerleather.com. That is T-R-E-K-K-E-R leather.com. These handmade leather goods influenced by the ranchers of the American Southwest make great gifts, which can be personalized and customized for anyone and any occasion. So after the podcast, go to trekkerleather.com to get yours. Tell them, Roger sent you. Now, let's get started. I'm really looking forward to today's podcast because I'm interviewing not only a good friend and colleague of over 20 years, but also a great leader and an outstanding advocate for his organization. Let me begin by telling you a little bit about the CEO of the International Association of Exhibitions and Events, Mr. David Dubois. Dave is the president and CEO of International Association of Exhibitions and Events, better known as IAEE. And as their president, Mr. Dubois is responsible for the management of his full-time professional staff and then producing the annual business operating budget plans, overseeing the support of all the meetings of governance units and leading business development, directing fundraising of that efforts, and really important, advocating for the industry and the the organization's members while providing uh, organizational leadership and strategic counsel. He serves as the association's representative with many industry coalitions, partner organizations, and strategic alliances. I also wanted to share because I will tell you, quite frankly, that his bio is really long, 
because he's led a life full of engagement uh, and uh, activity. But I wanted to share that Dave is also a board member of the American Society of Association Executives and chairman of the board uh, uh, has served as chairman of the board of directors for the Texans Society of Association Executives, board member and chairman of the Dallas Fort Worth Tourism Council, board member of the Fort Worth Chamber of Commerce, past chairman of the board of directors for the Convention Industry Council, and I think currently is serving on the board of directors for the Meetings Mean Business Coalition in the U.S. Travel Association. Now, before I bring him on the line here, I also want you to know that he has a blue of industry credentials after his name. CMP, CAE, FASAE, and CTA. I'm now officially lost. But in the interest of full disclosure, myself and Voices in Advocacy work with IAE on their, associate, on their uh, advocacy campaign thought it would be really valuable to you, listener, to understand why it is important for an organization such as IAEE to speak out and engage on the issues that affect their organization, their industry, and most importantly, their membership. Welcome, Dave, to the Voices in Advocacy podcast. Well, thank you, Roger, and it's my uh, pleasure to be with you today and to uh, share great thoughts and conversation with you and uh, your listeners. So maybe what we need to do is go back to all these acronyms after your name and start there. So tell people what they all mean, CMP. Well, first of all, when you're around a long time, uh, 40 years uh, like I've been, you just happen to accumulate uh, different opportunities. Uh, CMP is Certified Meeting Professional, CTA is Certified Tourism Ambassador, CAE is Certified Association Executive, and FASAE is probably the greatest honor that I um, am proud to have, and it's uh, being a fellow of the American Society of Association Executives. That's, that's wonderful, and it's because of all the outstanding work that you've done over all the years in the association world. Uh, so with that, uh, tell me a little bit more, though, uh, and tell the audience, if you will, uh, about your organization, the International Association of Exhibitions and Events. Yes, IAEE is an organization that is little less than 90 years old. Uh, we are the trade association for trade shows, to kind of simplify it. We have members in 52 countries, uh, representing over 1,300 organizations that are uh, predominantly associations and what we call nonprofit uh, show organizers, uh, predominantly focused on uh, certain vertical markets around the world. So our members do over 20,000 shows and events around the world, and we represent, Roger, about 10,000 individuals within those 1,300 organizations. So as an international organization, uh, I, uh, I, I know for a fact that you spend an awful lot of time on the road running around uh, advocating on behalf of that industry. Is that correct? Yes, I, uh, you know, I'm one of those road warriors. Uh, my wife is very patient with uh, 
with the fact I'm gone about half the time, but it certainly allows uh, me to do the good work. Uh, we're based in Dallas, Texas, USA, and um, you know we do have a lot of members in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but you know 99, 99% of our members are outside of uh, the great state of Texas. And uh, yeah, last year about 135,000 miles, uh, 10, 12 different countries. And what we do, Roger, in terms of advocacy is we'll get more into it, I'm sure, is to uh, to help our members and to help our industry, the exhibitions and events industry around the world, to be more prominent and successful uh, in advocating the growth of face-to-face exhibitions and trade fairs uh, where a lot of business and uh, ideas are exchanged and government uh, programs are supported and launched, uh, as well as with private entities. So, so with that, Dave... Why is it important for people in the exhibitions and events industry to actually be out there advocating? Exhibitions and events and live meetings are, uh, Roger, great job creators. Um, If you look at the economic impact uh, of uh, the United States meetings and exhibitions and events business, it's well over $250 billion. That's with a B, and that's direct and indirect uh, impact. Um, the type of jobs that and taxation that's generated in a particular city, for example, if, if we're talking about city A and there's 14,000 guest rooms in that city and they're generating jobs and supporting the exhibition convention center and maybe even the stadium and arena with events and tourism, uh, wow, it's a great job generator. And at the end of the day, for average citizen of any particular city or state, uh, the taxes that are generated, uh, and by the way, pretty safely in terms of, uh, of uh, uh, not generating a lot of uh, uh, waste and, uh, and, and negative environmental impact, uh, generates a lot of taxation that helps keep tax, taxes down for the average citizen in, in the United States. Well, and it's a great way to bring new money into a community, correct? Oh, absolutely. When, uh, you know, for example, one of the largest shows that uh, that, that uh, took place recently was right here in Dallas this weekend. Uh, I was at the National Cheerleaders Association. It had 30,000 somewhat loud and uh, passionate cheerleading ladies and gentlemen, young, young men, young women, and their moms and dads. Uh, think about 30,000 people, Roger, staying in hotels, uh, you know, maybe at four and five a room, but just do the math. Most of them out of towners, uh, they probably use five or 6,000 rooms a night for three and four nights and spend a lot of money in restaurants and, uh, and, um, ice cream stores and, and, uh, generated a lot of taxes and a lot of jobs that were supported Friday through Sunday this past weekend, right here in downtown Dallas. Well, you know, if they were in ice cream stores, then they're, they're my kind of people. Uh, so uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. All all that leads leads together. Uh, so so tell me, with the International Association of Exhibitions and Events, what does your organization do very specifically, kind of regarding advocacy? Do you have any type of a campaign that you put on, or what? We have a uh, an annual. Um, pretty much daily advocacy campaign called Exhibitions Mean Business. And one of the elements of Exhibitions Mean Business is what we do every June where we go 
on Capitol Hill uh, in Washington, D.C., and we advocate for uh, various issues, and those issues change every year. So our EMB, Exhibitions Mean Business Campaign, is uh, uh, 365 days a year, public relations and communications and, and uh, messaging about the value of the face-to-face -face realities and economic impacts and cultural impacts, all the other great things that happen because of trade shows and exhibitions. And then the June Exhibitions Day is where we really fine-tune our focus on three to five issues where we go and we advocate slash lobby on Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C. And uh, we're also part, uh, Roger, of a global Exhibitions Day that uh, was launched in 2016 with um, um, our sister organizations, that uh, our country organizations for the exhibitions industry. And we had advocacy efforts in 62 countries last year. Um, and of course, the United States with 125 of our members up on the Hill, educating the ladies and gentlemen um, uh, in Congress and their staffs about how important our industry is. And do you, do you feel that these efforts are making any type of a, a, a dent uh, in reaching elected officials? Well, absolutely. If you think about the new administration that's come in, uh, a lot of new folks uh, in those staff positions, um, given that the Obama administration was in place for eight years and those those uh, good American uh, workers and staffers on behalf of the congressional ladies and gentlemen, you know, were there some of them uh, up to as many as eight years. So if you think about uh, some of the turnover that happens and certainly the new presidential staffing, there's a lot of folks that uh, need to know about how important the exhibitions industry is, Roger. So just that day alone, we make over a hundred one-on-one um, -on -one appointments where uh, we leave materials and we educate uh, the ladies and gentlemen are influencing governmental decisions at the federal level on behalf of all businesses and certainly the exhibition industry around the, the United States. And is your organization the only people that are a part of this uh, exhibitions day in June? Uh, no, and we wouldn't be as successful without uh, partners like the American Society of Association Executives, U.S. Travel Association, Meeting Professionals International, Professional Convention Management Association, Destination Marketing Association, a lot of different um, supporting organizations, Roger, probably 20 to 25 of them every year. Uh, and you know what? We provide this at no cost. So we encourage our members to come to D.C., and a lot of them are from the area. We like to have 25 to 30 states covered by folks that are meeting with their um, elected officers, um, you know, from, from City A or State B. Uh, so we don't charge a registration fee. So it's really important that we uh, continue to grow this every year to reach out, shake hands, and, and educate the, uh, the folks that, as I mentioned earlier, are influencing decisions and legislation on behalf of all of us in the United States. Yeah, and I know that you and I and uh, and the people that within your organization that work on advocacy have always talked about the importance of, of the coalition uh, because it gives a, a, a bigger scope uh, and helps really educate the people that you're meeting with, whether it's those staff people or directly with the, with the member of Congress. Uh, about the size and scope when you were 
quoting earlier the economic impact of these things, uh, you were just quoting some U.S. numbers uh, there. I, I think that becomes alarming to people out there, the size and scope of this industry, correct? Absolutely. And many, many years ago when I worked for a different organization, a sister organization, we developed a video, uh, Roger, you would remember, and we entitled it The Invisible Industry. Yeah. So most Americans, as we are going to work every day, and whether we're working for a company or a uh, nonprofit or a restaurant or a, uh, a shopping center, we drive by hotels and, and, and exhibition convention centers every day. Do we ever think about what goes on inside? I worked for a, a gentleman once who used to describe the meetings and exhibitions industry as the largest learning environment in the United States. If you added up all the students to go to colleges and universities for, for studies, you did the same thing with everybody who's in a meeting room at a hotel or a convention or a conference center on a daily basis. There are more people, this has never been statistically proven, best guess, more people, especially adults, in a learning environment and a trade environment and a selling and prospecting environment than there are in college and university classrooms on a daily basis. So it's an invisible industry and it supports a lot of jobs and generates a lot of taxation. Absolutely. And one thing I think I'd like to point out here is you keep talking an awful lot about exhibitions and, and really, for the most part, aren't exhibitions really trade shows? Yes, that's a nomenclature issue. Yeah. Um, trade shows, trade fairs, expositions with a P, exhibitions, you know, it's all the same thing. It is, whether it's, uh, whether you're at a, I remember when my mother was um, um, uh, in, in the crafts world, she took me to a show when I was probably 12 years old in a hotel in Dearborn, Michigan, and it was the American Ceramic Toothpick Holders Association. <laughs> These were folks like my mother, Roger, who made ceramic toothpick holders. You know those cute little Absolutely. toothpick holders that you don't I see much guess. anymore? Yeah. My mother had a collection. She made those. Guess what? I walked into a ballroom. There were 125 ladies and gentlemen, mostly retirees, kind of, you know, of my mother's age at the time, that this was their hobby. And they were selling them to each other. That's a trade show. They were exchanging, whether they sold them for money or just exchanging them, that's a trade, trade show. Everything that happens between all the countries, the United States and all the countries, all the conversations that's, that are going on about trade right now with the new administration, guess what? The, the largest trade show exhibition industry in the world is the United States. The second largest is China. China's exhibition industry is one-third the size of the U.S. exhibition industry, and Germany is just a little smaller than China in terms of number of trade shows that happen every year. It's big business. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, trade shows are where the people that go buy and sell their goods and services. And I remember when we were, we were talking uh, about holding exhibitions day about going to Capitol Hill to meet with members of Congress. And I remember somebody uh, asking, well, well, why would somebody from a rural congressional district really care 
uh, about the exhibitions, trade show, and, and events industry when they may not have a convention center in that city. And I think the talking point that we used an awful lot at that, at that point was every single congressional district in the United States has companies that either buy or sell or both their goods and services through the vehicle of these exhibitions and expos and trade shows and events that are out there. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I'll give you a very quick example. Several years ago when there were conversations about uh, government spending, uh, government employees going to government meetings, Roger, you remember all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a, and I'm not going to tell you what state, but there was a congressperson I'm not going to tell you the gender either. There was a congressperson <laughs> who um, wrote a letter uh, publicly, and it was posted uh, in in all the media, you know, all the business media, in uh, newspapers. And this individual um, complained about government, uh, you know, overspending and 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 going to meetings and conventions and what's the value and everything, and I'll never forget someone from the U.S. Travel Association called this individual, got that individual congressional person on the phone, Roger, and said, um, hey, thank you. I'm responding. Thank you for taking my call. I'm responding to your editorial that you wrote and your comments that you wrote. And can you remind me where you live? And that individual told him where uh, the U.S. travel staff person, where they lived. Well, aren't you near a 400-room major conference center resort that does about 90% of their business in the meetings convention business? Those are your constituents. So you might want to be careful about talking about um, uh, having, having uh, boycotts and reduced travel because I would imagine a percentage of the business that happens in your own backyard for your own constituents, people who vote for you, could be negatively affected by what you're just saying right now. That's the individual congressional person, Roger, stopped in their tracks and said, you know what? I need to talk about this differently, don't I? <laughs> there you go. Well, and, and, and that's advocacy. That's the opportunity. That's right to get in front of somebody and at least explain your issue and your position and how it affects their constituents. And, and that's the beauty of being an advocate and, and, and being out there. So Dave, let me, let me ask a couple quick more questions and we'll get, uh, we'll get this thing moving here. How would you describe the biggest challenges facing your organization when it really comes to advocacy? Well, I'll give you a real live example. Um, with all good intentions, the recent uh, travel ban that was proposed and is very controversial, even though it was focused on seven countries, uh, those seven countries don't generate a lot of attendance inbound into United States trade shows and meetings and conventions. But just the spirit of now screening a lot more and, and I am totally and we are totally supportive of additional security enhancements. There's no doubt about that. That sort of um, uh, messaging uh, has already had a negative impact on uh, 
future attendance meetings, conventions, and trade shows in the United States. There are 5,000 scientists that signed a letter a couple of weeks ago. These are scientists that come from around the world. They don't come from these seven, very few. I don't think any of them that signed it, because I, I, I looked through the origins of the, the people who signed the letter. These 5,000 scientists said they're not coming to a meeting at all in 2017. They're going to find other scientific meetings to attend in Europe, Canada, Brazil, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Asia, um, because of the uh, the um, uh, pr uh, proposed uh, travel ban that was put out there. Obviously, there's a lot of different conversations going on now. I'm not going to get into that. But those are the type of things that we wrote letters, and we as a coalition of the Meetings Mean Business Coalition, 30-plus organizations, wrote letters to the new administration say, hey, you know, um, this is not good for business, and, and all of us, whether you're an R or a D, are always trying to create new jobs, and let's be careful because this is reducing jobs. I'll stop there because I want to be respectful and apolitical. Well, yeah, and, and, and it affects trade then, and, and it affects the ability yes, for sir. Uh, U.S. companies to be able to trade those goods and services uh, in an open marketplace. So IAE is an international organization and, and I have people that listen from around the world. So you did mention, I think a little bit earlier that you have a global exhibitions day that you do on the international basis. Yes, we collaborate with, uh, several of our sister organizations around the world. And, uh, we advocated, initiated 62 luncheons, breakfast, promotional opportunities, press releases that happened uh, um, looking at the, the impact of the trade fair, trade show, exhibition industry, whatever word you want to use to describe what we do. We use the word exhibitions here at IAEE. And uh, this year, we're hoping, Roger, to get 75 to 80 countries involved. And I was just over for four days in Bangalore, India. Um, and uh, once again, I'll use this as an example. I, you know, I travel to eight to 10 countries a year. But in, in India, as uh, most of us uh, have read and know that uh, their, uh, uh, their government is very aggressive, uh, the largest democracy in the world. They're very aggressive in growing their economy and being competitive to their uh, friendly neighbors to uh, India and 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 the United States and Mexico and Canada and everybody else, Germany. So at the end of the day, I was over there advocating, uh, meeting with some of their government officials because not only do I advocate and promote our industry here in the United States, which represents about 85% of my members, but I was there uh, as an invited guest to meet with ladies and gentlemen who were making decisions about building Roger, new exhibition centers across India. So our advocacy efforts are not limited to just the United States. It's uh, it's global. Absolutely. And it uh, sounds like it's great work that you're doing there. Let's let's switch gears because we're 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 down to uh, uh, about about four more minutes left in this. Uh, and so quickly, what do you think about the state of affairs in Washington and, and how it will affect your advocacy efforts? Well, on a personal basis, I'm an independent, so I, uh, I have an opportunity to look at all the great ideas that come from the left and the right and uh, more of a moderate. And, and having said that, I, I cannot let any of my political um, thoughts, personal biases affect what I do in my day-to-day -day job, in my page job, so to speak. So in Washington right now, we're carefully monitoring all of uh, the conversations that are coming out of Washington, D.C. We 
work very closely with the U.S. Travel Association, Government Affairs Team, the American Society of Association Executive, Government Affairs Legislative Team. They, they'll help us with our issues in June. They're developing their own issues for their March Legislative Action Days. So, Roger, there's a lot up in the air right now. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of new ladies and gentlemen uh, in the uh, new administration that need to understand how important visa waiver is to in the actual enhancement and vetting of um, right. international travelers into the United States. So it's very, very important. Uh, our ears to the ground. So what what is the most important advice you would give someone who wants to be kind of a more effective advocate? Understand the issues for your industry. If you're a farmer, if you're a pharmacist, if you're a retailer, if you sell shoes for a living, if you, we talked about ice cream, if you're an ice cream parlor owner, <laughs> get involved in your local community, get involved in your local politics. If, you have a, if you're in a small town or a big city, get to know the mayor, get to know at minimum your city council rep, your state representative for your district, Maybe your senator, maybe your governor, if you're at that level of influence, get involved. Because you know what? If you have a complaint, and if you're a complainer, and you sit back and complain and don't do anything about it and try to get involved and at least uh, articulate your position, shame on you, shame on us. So get involved, get involved, get involved, and be an advocate, whether it's advocate for or against something. Open your mind, open your mouth, and be heard, but be respectful of other people's opinions. Great answer, Dave. Thank you. And, and so how can people find out more about IAEE and your Exhibitions Mean Business campaign? Well, IAEE.com and ExhibitionsMeanBusiness.com. Go to our website. A lot of free resources available. Um, and please contact here, contact here, contact us, long, long interview, contact us here in, in Dallas, Texas, USA. And if we can help anybody around the world, I just uh, responded to a couple emails when I woke up this morning from some members of ours in China and our members in Brazil, trying to help them with some of the, uh, the challenges they're having. So um, uh, please reach out to us. We're here to serve. Absolutely excellent. And Dave, I want to personally thank you. It was a pleasure having you on the show today. And as you can see, Dave Dubois is a passionate advocate for his organization and the people that he represents and the issues that affect their success. So if you want to know more, go to IAE.com and learn more about Exhibitions Mean Business. Go to ExhibitionsMeanBusiness.org. I will be back in just a few seconds with the advocacy tip of the week. Bye now. And now it's time for the advocacy tip of the week. Today's tip is get on the record. The great artist Pablo Picasso said, action is the foundational key to success. And I must share with you that getting on the record is the advocacy action that is going to be key to your success. A statement that is intended for public or written for permanent evidence is considered on the record.
your passion or your opinion about your cause or issue should be on the record. Your voice should be heard. It should be on the record. Don't be afraid to voice your thoughts and opinions. You have the freedom to voice your opinion. Freedom of the of speech and press are your constitutional rights. They are in the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights to our United States Constitution. So here are some things that you need to consider, or maybe some actions that you need to take. Write letters or email to your local officials on topics that concern you. Voice your opinion by writing to editors of the print and e-press you read. And that may include blogs that you read on the internet, as well as comments that you'd like to make to podcasts. Write or send articles written in your industry or about your special interest to any of these elected officials or editors. Submit written reports about significant issues discussed or research conducted within your organization to local officials or editors to help clarify a point that you're making or even validate that point. And then organize a letter writing campaign about the issues to your government representatives. Form a coalition of local industry or special interest colleagues to respond to issues. This has proven to be effective, especially at the local level. And don't forget, you also have the freedom to vote. And voting is actually placing you on the record. It's giving you that say that you care about what is going on. And many people vote in presidential elections every four years, but there are a lot of issues that affect you, what we call down ballot, or issues that affect you at the local level, whether they be school administration, property taxes, and laws that affect issues that are decided in these local elections can impact you significant. It is vital that you exercise your right to vote in all elections. And to be sure, get on the record. To learn more, just visit VoicesInAdvocacy.com and you'll receive more helpful tips. We have another fabulous sponsor of this show, Rocket SEO. They provide marketing solutions for any firm looking to dominate their industry on the web, specializing in local business marketing, e-commerce, videography, photography, and podcasting. In fact, they assist Voices and Advocacy podcast. So if you want your online marketing to soar, contact rocketseo.com. That's R-O-K-I-T, Rocket. Go to rocketseo.com. Hey, folks, just a couple of quick announcements here at the end of this episode. The first is that if you're interested in being a guest on my show, please go to voicesandadvocacy.com and click on the Contact Us page to let us know your interest and why you we should have you on the show. I would love to have you contribute your thoughts. 
In upcoming episodes, you will be treated to more great interviews from people that know advocacy, leaders from the world of politics, associations, nonprofits, and actively engaged advocates. My next scheduled podcast is already available, so go to iTunes and search Voices in Advocacy Podcast. We here at Voices in Advocacy work with organizations that want to ensure that their advocates are educated, engaged, and actively supporting your cause. So if you have a question or two that you would like me to address here on the podcast, then send me an email to roger at voicesinadvocacy.com. Also, I would be extremely grateful if you would rate my podcast. So just head over to iTunes today and tell me what you think. That helps tremendously with keeping my podcast visible so that people who have never heard of it can discover it. Well, that's it for this episode of Voices in Advocacy. Until the next time, remember, you have the power to change lives as an advocate. So go out and make it a better world. We hope you enjoyed today's Voices in Advocacy podcast and look forward to you guys joining us again next week. To learn more about us, go to voicesinadvocacy.com.